Hey y'all, welcome to the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast, hosted by Kelsey Hamrick and Tara McAdam. We are two sisters who desire to grow in love for Jesus. You are not alone, and we want to come alongside you with challenges, laughter, questions, prayers, and the eternal hope of the gospel. Whether you're on your way to work, changing your 10th diaper of the day, or drinking a glass of sweet tea, we pray you are strengthened and filled with joy from these biblical truths today. Hey guys, we're so glad you joined us today on the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast, and we're excited about today's episode, which is titled, Why Can't I Ask for Help? Kelsey, yes. have you <laughs> have you ever had a problem asking for help? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, this episode is directed towards marriage, but I do think it can apply to asking for help from anyone. So why can't I ask for help? I need help, but asking for help makes me feel like I'm being a burden to my husband. For me, it's like I just convince myself that asking will make him unhappy in some way. So I'd rather just not ask and then maybe the unhappy one. But doing that, like I just end up suffering in silence. And I think that can lead to resentment and anger and arguing. Basically, nothing good. It's definitely not going to lead us to sex, you know? So, (laughs) nope. So you've ever struggled with this with Jeremy? Oh my gosh. I mean, after almost 10 years of marriage and we've been together over 12 years, absolutely. I mean, I struggle with the topic of asking for help all the time. It started when we were first married and the trash would get full. I would, you know, I would gently remind him that, hey, babe, uh, you mind taking the trash out? And then after it was overflowing on the floor and stinking up the whole kitchen, uh, I would usually just end up taking it out. I tend to revert to the motto, like, typically, if you want something done, you know, just do it yourself. And I totally do that. I start to get, like, even passive aggressive when I feel like my load is more than his. And I definitely get a tone in my voice. I start to, like purposefully let the dishes pile up and I have an attitude like, well, let's just see how long it's going to take. <laughs> he sees that we don't have a clean dish to eat dinner on. Isn't that crazy? And it's like, it doesn't even bother them at all. You know, it's like eating away at us. And they have no clue. Yeah. Jeremy would probably just grab a napkin and be like, oh, I need a steak on a napkin. Sure. It's fine. <laughs> so, you know, like, give me some ketchup. But, um, but now we have three kids and we have one on the way. And I would say that this has been truly an ongoing battle for 10 years. I definitely struggle with pridefulness in this area. I Mm, struggle with the, I got this. I don't need help attitude. I'm independent. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a crazy cycle that just continues to play on repeat as the years pass. I have no idea why I feel so guilty sometimes asking for help, but I do. Yeah. One thing that I keep going back to is the word help. You know, I'm struggling to ask for help from the man who is literally my partner in life. So of course, my biggest question is why? Yeah. I mean, same. This is my biggest problem too. I feel guilty for asking for help. And I'm like, why? Why does asking for help seem so hard? Or it almost is like I'm being a burden. Why? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And why does asking for assistance 
seem like I'm nagging sometimes, but I'm just asking yeah. for help. I do not want to be the naggy, drippy, faucet wife that they talk about in <laughs> Proverbs. I don't remember which verse yeah. it is, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. And it's so easy to read that and think, oh, well, I was created to be the helpmate for him. So I shouldn't ask for help. But that one verse does not show the full context of the intention God had for marriage. You know, before the fall of man, the nature of marriage was love and unity. And after the fall, God said us wives would have desires contrary to our husband's but he would rule over us. So once sin entered into the world, tension and conflict entered into marriage for us to overcome. You know, Colby and I have been married for four years and I wouldn't consider that particularly long in the grand scheme of things, but it sure feels like we've been together forever some days. And this is a struggle I know I have. Like there's so many instances I feel so overwhelmed and I feel like I need to ask him for help but I see how tired he is and I put his needs before mine and then I end up exhausted. I overdo it. I feel bitter Mm -hmm. and I will Mm -hmm. literally feel, yeah, I feel so frustrated towards him not helping, but I haven't even asked him for help. And like one thing he always says is I am not a mind reader, Kels, which (laughs) I, I know, but usually I respond to, but why, why can't you read my mind yet? Exactly. It's like, why couldn't you have just like made that superpower? (laughs) Like at that should have been standard. Like Uh, man, woman, oh man should be able to read woman's thoughts, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes maybe in heaven, maybe in heaven. (laughs) That's true. But I mean, it really would make life so much easier sometimes, but he really, he's so right. If I need help and he's my husband, he's my partner, then I should be able to ask him for help. And if that point he chooses not to help, then that's his decision. But I'm making the decision for him by not even asking and then getting mad about it. And that 100% is not the way that marriage is intended to work. And God compares marriage to Christ in the church. He says, right. husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's so true. And all these unspoken expectations, again, go back and listen to our communication episode, which was a little bit targeted towards marriage as well. But it's just one of those things where we, like you said, they are not mind readers. We are not mind readers. And a lot of times we just think we we play out a scenario in our head of what we think would happen if we asked. And a yes. lot of times it's untrue, you know, or we don't oh my know, gosh. you know, I think, I feel like that's the same way with my friends. Anytime they're going through something, I try so hard to say, please ask me for help. And I mean it. I really, really want to help because I think it is so easy to assume, well, they're saying they're going to help me, but they probably really don't want to. Right. And again, just playing that scenario in your mind of what you, what your expectations are of another person and and trying to fill in the blanks for them, but not truly just asking if you need it and allowing them to say no and it be okay. I had someone tell me, I don't remember if it was my first or second pregnancy. I told them I was, it was a lady at church. I said, I'm just struggling after I have the baby and people are bringing me food and people are at my house, like doing my dishes and doing my dirty laundry. I struggle with that because I know that I need to sit and heal and I know that I am supposed to take it easy, 
but I don't like letting people do things for me in that way. And and again, pridefulness. And she was like, they are blessing you. Don't take someone else's blessings. Like if they feel called to serve you and bless you and your family in that way, like don't steal their opportunity to shine for the Lord and to serve you and to give you blessings. And I was just like, I've never looked at it that way, you know? So, but I think too, Going back to your Bible verse, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I think we have to remember that love is a choice and, you know, it's not something that comes natural and it is not Mm -hmm. something that comes easy. Can I get an amen? Yes. (laughs) It doesn't come easy. You know, helping each other is also a choice. Like you said, if they hear us and they choose not to, or they ask us for something and we choose not to, it is a personal choice that we will have to answer for, or, you know, there will be consequences one way or the other. And I think serving each other in a marriage unconditionally, not setting conditions is also a choice. And living yeah. a life. And it's hard. It That's is so, so hard. hard. So, like you said, <laughs> you tend to do the balance beam. You're like, well, yeah. I do the dishes. I do the mopping. I scrub every nasty pea covered toilet. What does he do? You know, and you start like yeah. going through that. But it's like, no, we cannot. You cannot do the comparison game. Living a life that is modeled after a servant. They are selfless. Like they're yeah. not selfish in any way, shape, form or fashion. And living a life of selflessness is not natural. Again, like this is something that we can only do dependent upon the Holy Spirit inside of us because alone in our flesh, we are going to be selfish and prideful every single time. Yep. And I know a lot of times like I'll bottle things up over time and then that top starts to shake because my bottle's about to be full. And then one day, like I just explode. Right. And, and Jeremy doesn't handle that very well. We have definitely over the last 10 years learned to communicate better and learned how to, you know, go through stuff like that. But I have gotten better about honesty with Jeremy when I feel like I'm alone in something or that I'm not being heard or that my priorities don't matter, but it's still a process again, that I think that we revisit over and over. And yeah. it's it's definitely a huge problem, I think, between men and women and between husband and wives. Our timelines don't match up. My timeline is always much more urgent. My husband's mm-hmm. timeline is always much more relaxed. And I'll definitely do that, honey. Just not right now or like not today. Yeah. And then my feathers get all ruffled. And like nine times out of 10, I end up doing it myself. And he gets right. so mad because I don't have the patience like he does. And he feels like I don't trust his word. If he says, honey, I'll do it. And I then I end up doing it. He's like, babe, I don't feel like you are trusting that I am saying that I'm going to do what I'm going to right. do. Right. Yeah. Jeremy's good. He's like, I'm going to go to straight to the root of what this is. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he does. Knows. He does. Yes. He knows the heart issue every time. And sometimes I'm like, oh, you're right. But I don't like that you're right. But I know, man, it's no good. And, you know, that again, when it comes to help, we are supposed to help each other. When we are joined in marriage as husband and wife, we become one flesh, two parts of a whole. We're working towards the same goal. Ephesians 4, 9 and 10 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I love that verse. I feel like it's so 
Well, again, in thinking of Eve being the helpmate, Adam and Eve, God realized it is not good for a man to be alone. And they, you know, were made to help each other up. And so, again, that's just a picture of marriage. I love that. I love that verse uh, in Ephesians. Yeah. And, and when you say it like that, you read these verses, it makes sense. It seems so obvious, but it's so hard to live that out day to day because we are sinners. We are selfish, like you said. Yes. And the only way to work towards overcoming conflict in a marriage and tension in a marriage is by continuing to pursue Jesus. We can't overcome any obstacle in our life without him. We both have to pursue becoming more Christ-like in order to honor God with our marriage. I mean, absolutely. Amen, sister. Pursuing Christ and his likeness and unity with him will truly be like our ultimate help to our marriage so much. Yeah. Every episode, you know, I love to give some practical tips to kind of help you get started moving in a different path if you feel like you've struggled in whatever area we're talking about. And so if you feel like you've been in the boat, I can do this all by myself in, in your marriage. Or if you're just in that part where you're like... Things have got to change and I really want to be on the same team. I want to be going for the same goals as my husband. Then here's just a couple of different options that you might could try out. Like these may or may not work. These may or may not be like the fix it, but what, what can it hurt to try? Um, First one, start by asking your husband if there's anything that he needs help with or specifically needs you to do to better help his day. Maybe starting to do that. He may turn around and go, was there anything I can do to help your day? You know, you never know. Yeah. Number two, ask your husband, hey, when you get five free minutes, I have some things this week, you know, or today that I really need help with. And here's why. A lot of times when they hear the why behind your timeline, it helps them to see it from your perspective. And I think that too, telling them ahead of time gives them time to process because they already have in their head of what they want to do for the week. And so you going ahead and giving them the heads up, I feel like does help so much instead of just catching them off guard. Cause then that might make them frustrated. Right. Cause that exactly. would make me frustrated. You know, if I'm, if I have these plans of all these things I need to do and Colby comes up and he's like, Hey, I need your help with this. I'm like, I have five things to do right now. Why don't you tell me this three days ago? You know? Right. So right. totally, which is not a good attitude to have, but I'm <laughs> saying that's, that's how that can happen in spiral, you know? Right. Uh, number three, I know it's hard. But try to ask for help without a tone or attitude. For me personally, exactly. And for me personally, I totally struggle in this area. If I am boiling inside that he already hasn't jumped in to help when he sees the dishes are falling out of the sink or the trash is full or whatever it may be. And then I finally ask for help, but in an ugly, rude tone, it it doesn't end well. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that would be number three. Uh, number four, I make my husband a list of things that either I always need help with or may specifically need help with that week. And I'll either text it to him only on Monday and not send any reminders. Okay. All right. Maybe sometimes I send <laughs> gentle reminders. <laughs> But I try not to. This has really helped Jeremy. For instance, like if we have family coming over for dinner on Friday and our grass needs to be cut, I'll ask him on Monday of that week if he can, hey, babe, you mind cutting the grass by Friday because we've got guests coming. Yeah, I think that's good. Colby's like that, too. He's like, please just give me a list and tell me when you want it all done by like way ahead of time. And that that's helped us, too, a lot. Yeah, I know some husbands not don't necessarily like lists because... 
that can be a thing. But it's so important to ask, like, seriously, just to be able to say, look, I'm struggling. I need help. And I know, like, I, I just want you to know I love you. And I know how much that you already do. I just feel overwhelmed. So if there, like, is there any way that I can communicate with you what I need in a way that's not going to make you feel like I'm bossing you around or nagging you? And sometimes, I mean, they'll surprise you with their honesty on what they need from you. And that could make a huge difference. Absolutely. Last practical tip, number five, pray together. Pray. It's that simple. I know. And it's that hard. It was super awkward for Jeremy and I in the first few years of our marriage to actually pray together out loud. I was very uncomfortable, even though I've been a believer since I was 12. He's been a believer for a long time and it was just awkward. And so it took practice. And, and so we, when we pray together, the Lord helps your mind to meditate on the fact that you and your husband are on the same team. Your husband is for you. You are for him. His mind totally works differently than yours, but we have to give the benefit of the doubt before you're ready to go to war. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before you suit up, be like, my husband loves me. I know that he means well. And just pray for opportunities to lovingly serve your spouse in ways that will show each person that you love them. Yeah. And I think a good Bible verse go along with all of this is in Matthew 7, 12. It says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the and the prophets. Yeah. You know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. You don't like when someone uses a tone. You don't like when yes. all the things. Well, and so- I heard that this makes me think of something. There's a, a girl that actually went to my old church and she goes to the church that we're going to now. Um, and her and her husband are just, they just love the Lord so much and there's things that come out of her mouth sometimes. I'm like, girl, you are wise beyond your years. And she was talking about this and helping her husband and how there are so many times that she has been frustrated and wanted him to do something and then had to turn around and take a look at herself and go, but I'm capable of doing these things. I just feel like I've done so much and I'm annoyed with it that I feel like it's his turn Instead of truly just looking within myself and going, I'm a hundred percent capable of doing this. So why should I not do it? You know, why complain or why get frustrated or any of those things when I have the ability to do these things and I shouldn't have that expectation from him. You know, I should just be able to have my own expectations of I'm supposed to be serving my husband unconditionally and it shouldn't be about any of those things. And it's exactly what we're talking about right now. And that just, it's so, so true. Yeah. I think the harder question would be, you know, what about the wife out there who constantly, gently asks for help from their spouse and they don't get it? You know, yes. like what what encouragement can we give to the marriage couple out there. And maybe maybe it's the husband who's asking for help and the wife's not doing it. Maybe it's the wife asking for help and the the husband's just either not hearing or refusing. You know, so like what encouragement, you know, can we give to that spouse? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to shift your focus from your struggles to your savior. Um, and again, that's from asking for help from your spouse and not getting 
or asking for help from family or friends and, and feeling like you're alone in it, knowing that our strength comes from the Lord and not from ourselves and not from anyone around us. Like he, God is our helper. Uh, and that's so important to remember. So to focus on our savior and not focus on our struggles, he can empower us to love our spouse, even when they don't seem lovable. You know, we need to try to rest in the presence of God and his joy, not in the pursuit of changing our circumstances. If we're so focused, mm, that's good. On tr- yeah, if we're so focused on trying to change the circumstance we're in, then that's all we're worried about. We're going to be, I mean, uh, you're just going to be miserable. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to focus on the joy that we've been given in this life that we don't deserve. And it's important to remember your spouse is your partner. He's not your project. So try to focus. Yes. And I, I mean, that's something that I have struggled with and it's, it's so difficult, but you need to focus on the things that you love about them instead of the things that you want to fix. And I think we talked about this, even in the communication, whenever I talk to Colby, if I bring something to him, trying to tell him all of the things I love about him, instead of all the things I think he's doing wrong, that's not, that shouldn't be the goal. Like your goal is is to encourage one another, to lift one another up. But that doesn't mean you still can't come to them and say, hey, I am having an issue, but it needs to be done in a respectful and loving way. And I ran across this verse last night and I was like, how perfect is this for what we're talking about? Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. If we think that all we do is for our husbands, then we make it a competition out of who is doing the most. But if we are doing it for the Lord, then that completely takes the competition out of it. Because it's not about how much I'm doing for him and how much is he doing for me. It's whatever I am doing, I am doing for the Lord, period. And the Lord calls me to, to serve one another, to love one another, especially your spouse. And that's the goal. That's what should matter. It shouldn't matter about who's doing the most. Right. And I think, too, there's different seasons. If you have a physical ailment involved to where you yeah. you have a physical capacity where you can only do so much, you can only physically do so much, whether that's you just birthed a child or you have a, you know, a disease that you live with every day or you just, you know, got in a car accident and you're still, you know, recovering even a year out, whatever it may be, I think also to remember that, you don't have to be superwoman every day. And even if right. your to-do list has 20 things on it, that the Lord can sustain you and give you energy for what you need to get done that day. And if everything doesn't get done, whether or not you have help from your spouse, as long as your heart is working unto the Lord and you physically get done what you can, and then you might need to rest and take a step back and not ask for help and just rest in the Lord, that's okay too. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important. I, I feel like I've seen the meme all the time where it's like, hey, even Jesus took naps. And he did. He sure did. He made sure to take time to rest. He made sure he take, took time to pray. And that's important. We have to do that. We that's have right. to do those things. That's right. But ultimately, we want you guys to walk away encouraged to not be scared to ask for help and to think the best and give the benefit of the doubt to your husband and to approach the situation from a loving perspective and that God is who you each are serving for each other. You're serving for him ultimately. Yeah. Don't make it a competition. That's right. 
And that's so hard to do. Well, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, that's it. We got nothing else. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today on the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe so you can continue along on this journey with us. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple so that others can find our podcast and be encouraged by these gospel conversations too. Also, follow us on Instagram for upcoming content, news about our podcast, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and we are looking forward to you joining us on our next episode. See y'all next time.